what you, what you talking about? Mmm, pow. Talking about injuries. Mmm, pow. What you, what you talking about? Talking about sustainability. Welcome to Set the Stage Podcast. Hey, I'm Margaret. And I'm Jordan. And we today have Paola with us. Hi, Paola. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to uh, Set the Stage Podcast. Thank you very much. We're excited excited to to have have you. you. (gasps) Oh, you guys. (laughs) No. (laughs) We've been doing this. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, That was so, I'm so sweaty. That was so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Strong start. Um, I'm Margaret. She, her, hers. I'm a director, dramaturg, and stage manager of new plays and musicals. I'm Jordan Prince. She, her, hers. And I'm a director, teaching artist, collaborator, working title. Hi, I'm Paola Sanchez Abreu, uh, she, her, hers, or they, and I'm an actor. <laughs> that was so definitive. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> That's it. Great. Well, Paula, do you want to check in? How was your week? How's everything going? It's going okay. I'm tired. I just moved into a new apartment and it's very echoey because we don't have a lot of furniture in there yet. So if my roommates are like banging around at night. Uh, can't you sleep. hear it. Yeah. yeah, I hear it all. Mm. So I'm going to get a white noise, mach- noise machine. <gasps> Ooh. I think that's a great plan. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. They also have apps and stuff. They do have apps. Okay. I just don't like to look at my phone like any time before I go to sleep. So that's really healthy for you, they say. They say. <laughs> so they Someone say. Said the science apparently <laughs> say it. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Thanks. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. I um, thought of my check-in while I was here in your apartment setting up, and I was going to light the candle that you have now lit, Um, but my confession is that I cannot use a lighter. Me neither. No, like, I have at home one of those candle ones that are, like, long and have, like, an easy button, but the ones where you roll the thing and push the button and the fire's right by your thumb, Um, that's terrifying. Oftentimes the fire is on your thumb. (laughs) Right. I don't (laughs) understand it. I tried to do it like a couple of times, but I, I think I don't have enough nerve to do it as hard as you have to do it, um, to get the fire to happen. And I've accepted that. I can provide matches for you upon your next. Matches are almost just as scary. I actually don't mind matches as much. Yeah, no, they're easier, but they are still <laughs> as oh, equally still as scary. scary for okay, sure. yeah. that's fair. And uh, only one inch more between my fire, my fire and my thumb. Yeah, ideally, I want my fire <laughs> four inches, four inches away. A log <laughs> candle lighter thingy thing. The candle that's its lighter. official name. Okay, I love buy it at Target. Mm-hmm. TM, great. Trademark. Um, I would like to check in really quickly about my cat's drama. So uh, I think it's happening right now. <laughs> you might hear some yelling in the background. We're just going to let that happen. Um, there's a conspiracy theory with our <laughs> new cat. Um, we saved him from the streets. Um, it was a long journey. We saved him. Anyway, I have a cat right now named Nani, who you've all heard about, uh, listeners, you've all heard about Nani. She's a bitch. She's, uh, <laughs> she is not as friendly as other cats may be. And so there's been a lot of bullying, a lot of meowing back and forth. But now recently, Mochi is making a comeback by eating <laughs> all the food from her bowl. <laughs> so there are where it hurts. That's good. Two bowls. Nani has one and Mochi has one and there will still be food in Mochi's bowl but Nani's will be gone 
And I always see the moment I put food in, Mochi is at the bowl eating food. Oh my God. Oh. And I really think that's his comeback. Yeah. And she's not. She's not happy about it. Oh. Mochi's revenge. So, Paula. <laughs> so, so what, what's your life? What are you doing right now? Um, I just moved back to New York. Brooklyn now. I was in Queens before. Um, and now I'm a Brooklyn girl. And I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it. Sure. I moved back. Um, I was living in Connecticut for four months, three months. I don't remember how long it was. It was very long. And now I'm back. And I'm... Uh, Training on a new day job Ooh. and auditioning. Yeah. What's the day job? I am um, a professional organizer with Horderly, which is a professional organizing company. And I'm working specifically in organizing and then also doing interior closet design, um, mm. mostly working with a container store. So um, it's hella fun. And I'm like, you love cleaning and organizing. I, <laughs> see here, guys, this is the thing. I was like, I'm Latina, right? So I can't be a cleaning lady. Like I I, believe me, I, want, I want to be, but I, I can't do it. Like I can't perpetuate that. So I found the next best thing, <laughs> which is a professional organizer. Right. <laughs> and it's great. I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. It's a lot of work, but it's really, really fun. So what were you doing in Connecticut? Um, so originally I, so um, I started a theater company with two of my friends back in like April of this year called mm -hmm. The Kaleidoscapes. We're an echo theater troupe that we focus mainly on doing um, theater in outdoor public spaces for people um, to raise awareness on environmental issues and um, environmental justice. And so we uh, had our first, I guess you could call it a commission sort of, um, out in Glacier National Park in Montana in August. So I closed uh, Little Women at Cherry Lane with primary stages in July and then in July, in July, and then I took a month and then I moved out of my apartment because in August I was going to be away for two weeks and I didn't want to pay rent. And then uh, my landlord was like, hey, by the way, we're taking back the apartment like at the end of September. And I was like, cool, I'll just keep subletting it until that dies and find somewhere else to live. So um, it took a little longer than planned, but that's what I've kind of been doing. And I've, I've also been studying um, I took the GREs a couple of weeks ago, but I was studying for that also. So I didn't want to like have to work. I just wanted to live with my family and be close to my boyfriend and not have to pay rent. So, Which is completely fair. Yeah. And now Makes I'm back. Um, yeah. And it's really nice. I miss my family and my boyfriend a lot, but it's <laughs> really, really nice to be back in the city. And now you're in Brooklyn. And now I'm glad Brooklyn that you're girl. in Brooklyn. I know everyone is. Yeah, that's that's a true fact. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good thing. It is a good it is a good thing for me. Although I do miss Queens, but it is a good thing for me. So um, you started a theater company. Can you talk a little bit about like what that process was like? And well, sure. I think we're still starting a theater company, mm -hmm. um, but it was mainly so my best friend Gail Tierney. Um, is at uh, Princeton Theological Seminary and she like enjoys studying religion, but also is like, please, I need art. And she created this concept um, like two years ago of what the kaleidoscapes would be. 
And me and Claire Younglibe or Claire Legra Taylor, as she goes by, has we've been talking about it for a while. And um, Gail kind of just like went to a conference at the National Parks when she was bored one weekend. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, we were like, oh, we're going to Montana in August. We better like like um, apply for a 501c3 and like get people on board. And so that's kind of, it just snowballed. It was kind of like the, the universe really uh, like shook us. And they said it's happening now. Exactly. (laughs) So it was really hard, but, um, and it's still very, very hard because we're just trying to like build our capacity right now and get a lot of people that we like to work with and that are dedicated to like specifically the cause um, so yeah, it's been hard, but it's, it's good. And what is your role? I am the director of, uh, projects and programming. So I'm like essentially right now, like a producer esque kind of role, which like I have produced in the past and I really don't enjoy it because it makes me crazy. Um, but I'm very good at it. So <laughs> like, and I like getting things done. So I'll do it and I'll like deal with my own emotions about it later. Sure. Yeah. What, um, so what did you do in Montana? So we were, um, hosted by the Glacier Institute and we, um, workshopped our first play called Galaxy Fall, the story of a whale. And Claire, um, actually wrote it. And it's sort of, it's like a TYA adjacent play. We're trying to make it more, less TYA, TYA and more like focused on the issues at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're, all of our programming, we're trying to create it to be very family friendly. And so inherently there is a little bit of TYA involved in that. So we workshopped that play with um, Kelsey M. Wacker and Nate Simpson. They came along with us and uh, we spent like a week in the woods just like rehearsing and seeing what it is to like immerse yourself in the space that you're performing in Jordan Prince. <laughs> Did you say immersive? <laughs> and um, oh boy. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. So that was really an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot to battle with like sounds and because we were rehearsing in a very isolated place, but our like final performance space was like on a main road and there's very few main roads in Montana. So I can imagine it was that's very true. busy. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. um, but it was nice. And the, what ended up happening was the last night we got some like production photos and then a storm came. So we didn't actually get to perform outside and we had to move inside and do a reading, but it was great because we had a, um, the majority of the audience that attended were all people that worked with the Glacier Institute and the Glacier National Park. So they were all very science-minded people. Cool. Going to see a play, which that I they we asked and none of them, I think there were like 20 people in the room and none of them had seen a play in the last year. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. And personally, like that is so important to me. Like that is why... <laughs> I have a really hard time with theater in New York city because there's so much of it and the same people are going to see it and it's not really going past our like insular community. And what I love about like the kaleidoscapes and just the idea behind it is just bringing theatrical learning to spaces that don't 
have access to it and, mm-hmm. and bringing like good quality theatrical learning, right? Yeah. Like we're all conservatory trained, at least the people that we're working with are. And so, um, we're, we're giving them a good product and providing a space for discussion in a way that these people wouldn't necessarily seek out for themselves or have access to. So it's been a very, um, the potential of it is so great and it's exactly like what I think theater, um, should be for. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that it has like an environmental aspect to it. So is that focused on the way that you're creating the show is like environmentally Mm -hmm. conscious and the content or one or the other more? Yeah. So we're an echo theater troupe. And the, the point of that is to make sure that our productions are environmentally sustainable, that we are not like taking more from the land than what we can give back that, that whole thing and acknowledging, you know, the spaces that we're stepping into because many of those spaces were not our Mm. ours to begin with. Um, and then also like weaving in themes of environmental responsibility and taking care of the people most affected by the climate crisis as well. So all of those things are kind of interwoven in what we do and how we do it. For someone who might not be as like tapped into what it means to be sustainable, Mm -hmm. especially in theater. Do you have any examples maybe specifically from um, this experience that like were things that you were taking into consideration to be sure that you were being conscious of those things or things that you would suggest other people could look for if they wanted to do the same? Yeah. So um, our biggest set piece was this ironically, um, big piece of like painter's plastic that you lay on the ground before you would like paint your apartment. Mm -hmm. And, um, we like strung it, (coughs) excuse me. We strung it across like the gazebo, um, or like from a gazebo to a tree and painted it. Um, and it was like, it was our whale. And we, at the end, obviously had to get rid of it. it was one performance. And so we like took it back um, Claire took it back to Chicago to like donate it to a like theater that would use that in, to paint a set, you know? Mm-hmm. So like making sure that we're able to reuse the things that we're using as a part of a set. Cause I, at that, you know, like we're just throwing away sets, like, <laughs> yeah. like stashing like old props that are never going to get used and then they're going to be thrown away. So really being measured with like what props we're using, how we're using them, and then how we're disposing of them afterwards has been, it's a learning process too. Yeah. I think that can be really hard. I think, especially in New York, sometimes like I feel like I've been in situations where we close a show and then we're like, well, all this stuff has to go somewhere right now. Right. And it's like, there's not always, I feel like sometimes people haven't planned for that step as much and then it just gets trashed or yeah, I, it would be so nice to have, honestly, like some kind of service where people come in and they're like, we'll take care of all of this stuff sustainably. Maybe I should make a company, you guys. Yeah. Like, oh, another company. That sounds really smart, pal. <laughs> like, especially Maybe in New York, too. Maybe you could too. make it all within the same company. That sounds like more work. Okay, well. <laughs> and just starting a all new right. company? Yeah. Well, at least, like, I'll be able to, like, bring, like, people that aren't theater people, like, into it more aggressively if it's, like, outside of the oh, theater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, keep us posted on that. Yeah, I will. Good luck. 
Yeah. I can't wait to touch back. And you're like, I started three more companies. <laughs> um, Entrepreneur for life. <laughs> I love that. Well, is that something that you even a year or two years ago saw yourself saying the phrase entrepreneur? Like, is that something that you saw yourself being or? No, I still don't really think that I started a theater company. Like I say it because that's that's what happened. But like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really feel, I don't really feel like I, I, I really do feel like Gail did all the work, which is funny because she like is like, you guys did all the work. And we're just like, no, you did all the work. <laughs> um, so we're very generous. That sounds partners. like it. <laughs> But it really, it doesn't really feel like I've done more. Th- I, I don't, I've learned stuff, but it's all been very, um, like, oh yeah, I should have known that. You know, <laughs> it's been a very weird experience. I would say, I don't identify as an entrepreneur. I guess. What's next? Well, um, honestly, I l- really love my day job, and it's the first time I feel like I have a day job that is not just a day job, but like something that I really care about doing, and um, will pay me money. You guys, are you saying that theater doesn't really pay? Let me t- let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I told my agents after this last show, which was a delight to do, but after this last show, I was like, listen, I'm not doing any more theater that pays me less than a thousand dollars a week unless it's a reading because I can't, like, I, I literally can't survive. And with all the injuries that I've sustained from theater, like I've been in physical therapy for two years because of theater and stopped, and then like four months later started a show and now I'm back in physical therapy. So like, it's just, it's, it's not like I need enough money to be able to sustain my body. Like sure. Workers comp is great, but I also would love to be able to like pay for a nice trainer. So I don't have to sustain those injuries during the show in the first Mm -hmm. place. You know, there's like so many different things that can help avoid that with just a little bit more financial cushion. So, um, yeah, it's been a been a rough couple of years, y'all, body-wise. Yeah. We can come back to that in a second. Do you feel like you are missing going to like miss doing theater things? No. Great. I've just been burned. Like I yeah. really do feel like I've been burned. And Oh my God. I mean, you guys, I've never been in a show as cursed as little women every single week. I think I might've told you about this. I think we were, we were having like, uh, some chips and guac. Like yeah. You were telling me like, this. Yeah. Margaret, I can't even, I can't like, it's hard to actually describe what the experience of the show. Cause the show was freaking great. And everybody in the cast was phenomenal. I love everybody in that cast so, so deeply. It was such a wonderful, like working experience, mm-hmm. but it was the most anxiety ridden show I've ever done. So it was, it was a very, like every single week I would go into the theater. I'd be like, I just, I, I hope nothing happens this week. So it was a very anxiety ridden experience and I actually lost money doing that play because of how little it paid and like yeah. how much time it took to get there and go back and, you know, sure. Yeah. And I, I wasn't working a day job at the time because plays are physically consuming and I could physically could not handle it. So, um, it was just, it was a hard experience and I'm excited to have like a true, true break from that kind of regimen. Um, but we'll see, cause I'm still auditioning for some things here and there. So you never know. And you said that staged readings were kind of an exception to that role? Yeah. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm doing like, I did a couple readings, um, like private readings and stuff for like producers and like, 
have some auditions for like a couple musical readings, which is very exciting to me. But um, full blown productions, it's it's going to I'm going to have to be very convinced. Is that um, the exception because there's like a bigger opportunity down the line or no, it's actually just faster money and it's less time. Mm -hmm. And it's I actually I like um, I like read. I like doing readings a lot. I like the like less pressure. I have more fun with them. Um, I have more fun with them quickly. I feel like for like a full blown play, it takes me like three weeks to like really start having fun. And with a reading, I go in the first day. I'm having a great ass time. So um, you mentioned that you've had a lot of injuries. <laughs> what um, are there certain like things that happened in shows that you were being asked to do that led to this? Is it just the general repetition, strenuousness? Like? Yeah, it's it's the repetition, and I think that um, it's overlooked a lot. But every single actor, every single actor that I've ever worked with, besides people that are fresh out of college, are all still injured from theater like from plays that they've done and that is just (laughs) so not okay like it's so not okay um Ellen Harvey was in Little Women with me and I was just telling her I was like I'm just I'm worried like my back really hurts and like it, it like was burning last week after doing a quick change and she was like you have to go take care of that immediately because this like I mean I my whole body is broken she's been doing she's been an equity member for like 45 years something like that I mean one of our cast members has arthritis from doing Curious Incident because the stage was raked and she did that Mm. for like a year and she was in heels on a raked stage and so she was pounding on that and now she has full-blown arthritis and in four weeks into our show nope not even it was um two days after our opening night she tore her meniscus uh, going down the stairs to go on stage. Uh, uh, yeah. So because of the arthritis and yeah. there's a concrete theater, like there's concrete steps at the back of Cherry yeah. Lane that she has to go down every single night several times because the dressing room is upstairs and the stage is downstairs. So like theaters aren't built like ergonomically. They're not yeah. built for our bodies, which uh, that's fine. Like who would expect it? But then like, we really need producers to take that into account when they're cutting out a budget for the show and be Mm -hmm. able to provide actors with physical therapy regularly and acupuncture regularly or else this is just going to keep on happening. And it's not fair because it gets to a certain point where like the actors are actors now and this is what they do. Like they haven't worked a regular job in however many years and now they're actors and now they just have to wait until they can collect their pension and retire and they shouldn't have broken bodies by the time they get there. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like with dancers, like that that is a much more known thing. Yeah. Like that people are like, yeah, dance fucks up people's bodies. Yeah. And like the dance companies take care of that and yeah. pay for that. But I feel like it's it's definitely not talked as much about the strain. And yeah, tour too. I feel like a lot of like big like national tours will have like a physical therapist. And like broad all Broadway shows have a physical therapist. Um, which is great, but it doesn't take away from the fact that like for the wolves, we like one of our um, actors like had to fight with um, Lincoln Center to get us acupuncture because it was just completely necessary. And not only that, like there were nine of us and there were only six PT slots a week, like or like twice a week, there was only six. So we could each like there were some people that were just like missing PT once a week, which 
it, that was a physically really intense show. Yeah. And it's not even that we were like running the whole time, but like we were doing like loose stretches the whole time and it's the same stretches. So it affects the same parts of your body. And it, it's just, it's a very interesting and very different kind of sport. And I don't think that, I often don't think that actors are prepared for it. And even when they are, they still get hurt. So they're just, we need to figure out how to stop it. Yeah. I feel like it's hard too because like we can talk about like these big Broadway shows have budget for a physical therapist or whatever, mm-hmm. but oftentimes like all the shows that are happening off Broadway, off, off Broadway, like wherever they're happening are just as strenuous or they're being staged. Yeah. They're being staged maybe with even less regard for, yeah, like, yeah. for actors' bodies and like, and they don't have the budget for the doctor, you know, like right. that, it's like, that's a really bad cycle. And then by the time maybe people get opportunities to be on Broadway, their bodies are already... Yeah. Well, and it's the kind of thing too, where like it bites the producers in the butt as well, because they don't account for it. But if you're working an equity show, like they have to give you workers comp. So if you get hurt, which it's highly likely that you do, they're actually, their insurance is going to go up the next year because of the number of claims that their actors are putting in. So maybe we can just be a little more preventative with that rather than reactive. Yeah. Because the reality is, is that like actors do have rights to have their bodies taken care of by the workplace to start with. Yeah. I do wonder though about like, um, the woman you said that was wearing heels on the rake stage, like, Mm -hmm. did she need to be wearing heels? Like, well, that's another question, (laughs) right? And women endure those problems like way, way more. Mm -hmm. That was, oh my gosh, this is a sidebar, but, um, this is another interesting thing that I was thinking about. And it is, it is a women's issue in theater, but like oftentimes women have to arrive earlier than their call time to like, actually complete their hair and makeup before um like going on stage before curtain and like actors we're supposed to get paid for overtime and so we're only supposed to be there 30 minutes before the show and then throughout the show and then and then that's it that's what we get paid for but oftentimes women are showing up 30 minutes before call time and we're not getting compensated for that time and it's a very and I also think that like there are also men that have to put on like a lot of makeup and wigs or non-binary people that have to put on a lot of makeup and wigs. And like, (laughs) then equity isn't really accounting for that. And that was just, that's a whole sidebar, but that is something that I did think of. Yeah. Having a half hour to do all the things you need to do is not realistic. No. I feel like many of the roles that. Yeah. Especially in commercial theater. Like there's so much going on. Anything that's glitz and glam is going to take longer than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure they spend longer after in the theater too, like taking- Like taking it all off. off. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, do the alphabets get paid more? I was like, like, poor alphabet. Scrubbing all their green Right. I do wonder about that. Like that's Also, do they get like a paid facial once in a while? (laughs) Like that's a lot of makeup. Yeah. Like extra soap and lotion. Uh, You know, yeah. All this to say that um, theater is wonderful and I think it can be done a lot better. And I think that the government can help with that. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> well, that's all. Yeah, nothing. And also, I think we like like we can do like less of it in New York. Yeah, that's that. That's we need it. so many less. We just like let's just like let's do less. Like take that money and like give it to other things. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But I that gets hard because then people are like, but don't take away my theater company, right? Oh, well. But like, we maybe- Paula's like, screw that. Well, maybe like you need to like prove that your theater company is like unique and interesting. Yeah. And like 
not something we already have mm-hmm. in New York. That's all. Yeah. That's all. I'm not elitist. I'm just saying. Um, well, I think like last question for you is just like, um, what does success look for you, look like for you in this moment? And like, do you feel like you have it? Do you feel like it's something you're reaching towards? When will you know when um, you're there? Like, I just, wow, I don't care about, I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, I don't care about, I don't know what success is. I just like, what is it to you? I, I kind of want to like, um, go home to like my partner and like a dog and be able to like eat a meal together at the end of the night and like go to sleep. And like maybe I get home like a little later or like I get home a little earlier or vice versa. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter. I just like, I want my work to be able to sustain like a quality of life. And that might not be possible in this industry, but I'm gonna try. Let's see what happens. I know people do it, so. Well, thanks so much for coming to chat with us today. You're welcome, you guys. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We're so happy you were able to be here. So where can people find you on social media? I am on Instagram at MMM underscore P-A-O, otherwise known as at MPAL. Is that how you say it? Yes, that's how I say it. Oh, I've always said it differently. How do you how say do you it? Say mm, it? Pow. Oh, I like that too. <laughs> like, mm, it's a little bit more, you know, like you're eating something like, mmm. Oh, well, I don't like it's the idea. It's not of people sexual. Like, no, I just don't like the idea of people like physically, like literally eating me. <laughs> Take a little bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like not sexually, but like literally eating me. <laughs> She's thinking of the cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> For all the cannibals out there. Well, you know, we love murder here. So um, do you want, is your, is your theater company on the internet? Yeah. Please follow us at the Kaleidoscapes on Instagram. Um, and we're also on Facebook, uh, the Kaleidoscapes. In case you're wondering how it's spelled, it's spelled Kaleido Scapes. And I made the mistake of only reading it quickly before t- this today. And really in my head, it was kaleidoscope. So if no, you it's get actually there, like, a, it's like a collide, uh, like a, an escape in a kaleidoscope. So kaleidoscape, you think about it like that. Oh, emphasis on the escape. Oh, okay. Excellent. Adventure. So I was saying that wrong in my head. (laughs) Very wrong. It's done often. Well, um, thank you all for joining us this week on this wonderful interview with Paula. We hope that you'll join us next week. Um, If you have any questions, recommendations, you want to just chat with us. We love talking um, to you and in general. You can either send us an email at setthestagepodcast at gmail.com or you can follow and like us and do all those things on social media at Set the Stage Podcast. Make sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes and share with your friends, share with your enemies, share with anyone and everyone on any um, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. We will see you all next week. Have a great week. Bye. 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 Bye.